Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. So, Senate Bill 123, it's really easy to remember, like one, two, three. Only it's not as exciting as the Jackson 5 and the rest of that song because Senate Bill 123 is another abortion ban, ladies and gentlemen. And everyone else who doesn't identify in the gender binary. Um, yeah, so it affects everybody in the state of Ohio. It's another BS abortion ban. Um, the upshot on the trigger ban is that it is this cleverly designed little um, unconstitutional tool that it's it's a ban on abortion after a certain point in pregnancy, um, which is any point. Uh, this one is total ban on abortion and abortion procedures, but the people who wrote it know that it is fundamentally unconstitutional. So they put a little provision in the front that says this really only goes into effect if we get some kind of a ruling from the Supreme Court that overturns Roe v. Wade, or there is some kind of a full amendment to the Constitution that gives a special right to the government to restrict abortion in all the states. So basically, like, the people who put this forward know that it's unconstitutional, and it's so unconstitutional, they had to put an additional provision on the front of it to even get it heard, much less passed, in the state legislature. So yeah, like, just another ordinary day in Ohio, right? Just just, uh, the Ohio representatives trying to pass unconstitutional things and going against what a majority of Ohioans But, like, I think the important thing to remember at this stage in the game is is really twofold. Abortion bans are happening in Ohio because the legislature is just obsessed with trying to control people's bodies. And also, right now, abortion is still legal in Ohio. You're going to hear us say that a lot during this podcast because we just want to remind people that... All the stigma, all the shame, all of the propaganda that the legislature keeps trying to shove into the public consciousness with these bans on a constitutional right, they're intended to convince people that abortion is already banned in the state of Ohio. And it is not. Abortion is legal in Ohio. You can even go to abortionislegalinohio.com and take a look at all the resources and all kinds of partners that join together to make sure that abortion access is preserved. I think that, uh, you know, with all of the complicated bans and all of the ways that the legislator is trying to make it uh, so people think that abortion is not legal in Ohio, that website is even more so as we get closer and closer to the arguments for uh, at the Supreme Court over Roe. I think it's important that you remember that abortion is still legal in Ohio, and you can look at our website, abortionislegalinohio.org. Dot com. Dot com. (laughs) Okay. And it's also really important, as much as we want to remind people that abortion is still legal in Ohio, 
we also want to remind people why we keep seeing abortion bans, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just like our legislators all of a sudden woke up one day and said, oh, we forgot to pass this other ban. Like, the reason you keep hearing about abortion bans and the reason that abortion bans are constantly in our legislature is because people in our legislature are fundraising off of these bans. They are using these bans to gin up their base. They are not truly concerned about the lives and well-being of Ohioans. They are concerned about making political hay out of really hot-button issues that keep people polarized and keep people angry and keep people away from scrutinizing the really damaging work that these people are doing in our legislature. You're not worrying if if you are, you know, one of these people in their base who is constantly triggered by abortion, right, as an issue because you haven't actually thought about it outside of your religious context that has has jammed some of this down your throat. You are constantly worried about this fictitious problem that they're putting in front of you, and you're not really worried about how the state is giving away millions of dollars to the wealthiest in our communities in the form of tax breaks, while they heap on tons of usage taxes in gasoline and sales tax and other forms of regressive tax onto poor people. You are not worried about how they are absolutely hamstringing our public officials uh, you know, public health officials, the governor, when it comes to trying to do anything to keep us safe during this pandemic, you are not paying attention if you're so focused on these abortion bans. You're not paying attention to all of the ways that these politicians are participating in even bribery schemes like HB6 yeah. that implicated almost the entire legislature in some form of giving, receiving, or knowing about bribes. You're not worried about any of that if they can keep you focused on this issue that they have been able to misinform you around, that they have been able to use propaganda to stigmatize other people around, and that they've been able to essentially control in the legislature for years. All of that is happening primarily because it's politically expedient. Mm-hmm. Not because it helps anybody's bodies, not because it, it helps, you know, any individual Ohioan, because it's politically expedient. And I think one thing, um, and I know that we've kind of talked about this, like in our in our team meetings and things like that, is uh, just the way that it's also framed um, to even more so make it an an issue that it's not. Um, if you look at the the um, sponsors of SB 123 uh they're both women um which uh I mean often when I look at these bands I feel like I'm I'm usually seeing like men as the co-sponsors because for some reason men have a lot of uh uh feelings about people (laughs) having abortions um even though it's not their body and shouldn't be their choice um, however, I, I just find it particularly interesting and uh, definitely a, a way to control the optics by having the sponsors of SB 23, or not 23, 123, <laughs> um, both be women. Um, and yeah, it's just, 
there there are a lot of other things, a lot of more important things, a lot of people whose lives and livelihoods are on the line uh, that we could be focusing on, and we're just not. Now, it, it's kind of funny that you, you mentioned SB 23, right? Because SB 23 was the six-week ban, right? <laughs> um, they it was just, just in there. <laughs> so we know some of these infamous, infamous numbers, right? SB 23 from several years ago was the, you know, six-week ban. Um, SB 27 from last year was the fetal tissue disposal law, you know, that is now being challenged in court. Um, it, we we kind of get to know these bills by number, but they come up again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And the real question is just around who's going to carry the water on the bill, that is, who's going to propose it and try to fight to get it passed, and what are the kind of heinous provisions going to be this year, right? Because they, they change it up a little bit. But the, the sponsors of SB 123, the, the folk who are carrying the water on this, are Senators Christina Rogner and Sandra O'Brien, right? Both women, both conservative lawmakers. They're individuals who will solidly win in their districts if they demoralize and stigmatize people who have abortions. And they have incentive to be as mean and nasty and cruel to people who need abortions as they possibly can be because those people are not the people who they get their money from and who they get their votes from and who they gain their political power from pleasing. And they went up against, um, in their, their introduction you know, committee hearing, they went up against uh, Representative Cecil Thomas, right? Um, and uh, Tina Maharath, right? So you, you've got these two senators, uh, people of color, who are addressing concerns about disparity in not only communities of color, but communities that are characterized by poverty, right? And many people don't understand. When we talk about poverty in the state of Ohio, um, for a long while nationwide, poverty was a dog whistle for race, primarily, right? Yeah. In the state of Ohio, though, when we talk about poverty, the vast majority of Ohioans who live in poverty are Appalachian white, Ohioans, right? So the conversation becomes about class solidarity at that point, right? Because, uh, you know, Senator Thomas, Senator Maharath are talking about multiple constituencies of people who are going to be harmed by this, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly black and brown individuals, particularly um, indigenous communities, particularly communities in Appalachia, right? That are going to be harmed by not being able to access abortion care. So here we sit having to listen to this foolishness in the Ohio General Assembly. And these people are coming, mind you, completely, completely formed out of their own narrow extremist religious views, right? And, and the narrow extremist religious views of Christina Rogner and Sandra O'Brien and every other person who's pushing this extremist ban they want to take their extremist religious views and force them onto you and force them onto me and force them onto every other person in the state of Ohio because they think everybody ought to share their extremist religious views. And the reality is if everybody wanted to share their extremist religious views, they've certainly had enough time mm -hmm. 
to be able to to be able to pick that up. Like I've had plenty of time to go to Christina Rogner's church and join up, and I haven't because it's not my religion. <laughs> and abortion bans are against my religion, right? They're against yes. the religion of a great number of Ohioans, and that's why we don't support this kind of stuff. Yes, right? and and um, you know, you're talking about this being her, um, you know, extreme religious uh, view and. I wonder how dedicated to that view even she is and other members mm, of well, uh, her party because preach that. <laughs> we, we always talk about our liver and onions episode, but like, <laughs> you know, the, the fact that there's this uh, like, oh, if people don't want to have kids, then they should just uh, be on birth control. It kind of shows that, you know, I have access to it. And so therefore everyone must have access to it. Um, with even though I'm putting every barrier in the way of getting access to birth control or contraception, uh, I still have access. Shouldn't you just be able to get around uh, all of the barriers that I'm putting up for you? It's kind of a real like bootstrap situation, which again brings me to um, this, or it goes back to the class solidarity thing. And um, this also reminds me of the book that we read for our last month's book club, which um, it was from Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation. It's a really great book. It's very thick, um, would recommend, but um, it, it, part of it talked about um, this, this lack of class solidarity often um, and, and the ways that capitalism, um, which is firmly married to racism, um, has and capitalism and racism together have kind of like made it much difficult much more difficult to combine the efforts for class solidarity and the efforts against white supremacy because uh you know poor poor white folk are often uh pitted against people of color and it's very <laughs> it's sad because if if uh we come together and worked together as as groups you know <laughs> i'm saying this as like as a person of color and you as uh somebody from appalachia <laughs> these if these two groups um came together like i think it could be really powerful however the the systems of oppression that um you know work to keep us from access to birth control and access to all these things are also the same systems that are keeping us from helping each other and getting somewhere where we all benefit. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so that just kind of reminds me of the liver and onions and this clear disparity between uh, those who are elected officials often and those who are the most affected by the choices of elected officials. And fun story in, in terms of Ohio demographics, you know, Kelly, you mentioned um, class solidarity and particularly class solidarity among people of color and Appalachians who are majorly white. The statistics bear out that there's about between 16 to 18% uh, of Ohioans are black identified on census records, right, in 2020. Ironically, that's about the same number, 16 to 18% of our total population, as live in the 32 Appalachian Regional Commission defined counties that make up Appalachian, Ohio, 
right? Now, obviously, there's some overlap there because a lot of black folk live in Appalachia. But it's fascinating that groups that are similarly marginalized in terms of numbers are kept apart because of race primarily, and that is designed by the system, right? Race and capitalism, you know, they, they have worked together, racism and capitalism have worked together in our state to keep poor people apart from each other and people who are lacking organized political power apart from each other so that they are easier to control and easier to overcome when it comes time to make decisions in, in elections. And we see that very clearly in the way that our maps are drawn for congressional districts. You can look at congressional districts and, you know, these, these weird shapes, these bizarre things, they start to get a little, as my grandma would say, they get a little hanky, right, in places where black folk live and in places where Appalachian whites are. All of a sudden, the lines just go crazy. Or you will lump, you know, three counties in next to each other. Our, our new district uh, that I will be in, in uh, Ross County, will make sure that the county just north of us and the county just south of us and the county just west of us are not in our district. Our district will, will encompass the county that is east-southeast of us and the county that is directly south of that county. Um, for me to go from one end of my new congressional district, or my, my house district for the state house, from my house to the other end of that district, I will drive through another congressional district in order to get there, right? I keep saying congressional district. What I mean is house district. We haven't yes. seen the congressional district maps yet. I'm anxious about that. That's why I keep saying congressional districts. We know that these folks split up Appalachia because they don't want us having a voice to really advance our concerns about job training, about low wages, about health care disparities, right? They also break up groups of people who are living in large cities or who are living in larger diasporas. You take a look at the way Dayton is split up, the way Cincinnati, Cleveland, Akron, Summit County... Those folk have the same concerns, albeit a different formulation of that, but they have concerns about health disparity. They have concerns about wages. They have concerns about job training. None of that gets heard because the system is set up to keep people divided and refocused. They divide us in terms of the maps, and then they try to refocus us on questions like, ooh, should we have this trigger ban today or not? And the reality is, like, Trigger ban, you know, come, go, go away, no matter what the decision that is made on that trigger ban, at the end of the day, we're all still in the same place where abortion right now is legal in Ohio, and we still have a lot of other problems that need to get dealt with, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> and that, that reminds me of uh, looking at the districting for um, the Hilltop and, like, Franklinton area. They have been lumped in, at least the last time that I looked at it. They're lumped in with, uh, like, Grandview and Upper Arlington and and uh, some of the more, the richer areas in Columbus. And so then the voices of these people in a more marginalized part of Columbus are not heard and do not get to have um, the kind of sway that they would have if they were properly put together. Um, so, like, these 
you know, the these districting issues, the um, issues around voting rights, um, and access to abortion, those things are all together, and they all affect each other. And um, I know this isn't originally where we saw this episode going, but like class solidarity and, and having uh, a voice in, in our democracy is so important to keeping abortion legal in Ohio because abortion is still legal in Ohio. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you think about the people who are pressing these ridiculous bills through. You think about Christina Rugner, who is pressing forward with this ridiculously unconstitutional ban. Take a look at her, her district. Take a look at her Senate district. Her Senate district encompasses all of Wayne County and then part of Stark County and part of Summit County. The portion of Summit County that her, her district encompasses literally goes around the outskirts of Akron and up all the way to the northern part of the county. But it also takes all of Wayne County, all you know, all of, of the county that's further south. It is drawn in such a bizarre, gerrymandered way that it's intended to be a safe seat for somebody to advance extremist religious views, which is exactly what she's doing in that position as senator. If she had a fair district that were actually drawn with people in like communities where they could build not only class solidarity, but solidarity among their own neighbors and not be stretched out so far, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have voices as extremist as Christina Rogner in the Senate. Mm -hmm. The reason that we yes, the, the reason that we get absolutely wild laws is because we allow politicians to draw wild districts. That's where we are. And, you know, as, as a repro organization, like, we, we do not put faith in the General Assembly uh, here in Ohio. The Ohio General Assembly is irreparably broken at this point until we get fair maps, which is why 70% of Ohioans voted multiple times, you know, 2015, 2017, to say we want fair maps. They didn't vote, you know, by overwhelming majorities for fair maps because we're so pleased with what the legislature's doing, right? We did not vote for fair maps and for a big change in the way that we draw our districts because we're so pleased with the way we're being represented. We voted for those things because these folks are not representing our values, they're not representing our interests, and people like Christina Rogner and Sandra O'Brien who bring this ridiculous abortion ban again and again and again trying to carry it up the hill are just trying to get attention for something that they know the vast majority of Ohioans don't agree with, but something that they think they can get past because of how they manipulated the system. This also reminds me of, um, I think we've talked about this before around election time, but uh, there's this movie called Slay the Dragon that talks about gerrymandering um, and, and just like how how important having fair districts is and how it really affects things and, and talks about that. Anyway, I would really, I would recommend that movie. I found it to be a good movie and it's also, you know, educational. We'll um, put it in the show notes. But it's, you know, when I originally got into Repro, I never really expected to have all these connections into so many other issues. I mean, I, before I knew anything about reproductive justice and 
the definition of reproductive justice, um, which includes, you know, the, the right to be able to raise children in communities that are safe and sustainable and um, the right to choose and not to choose to have or not to have children. Um, I never really thought about like the ways that, you know, uh, your, your um, voting rights and your race and like all these other things. I will say I was also a very naive little bean. <laughs> Weren't we all? Ago. Right. Yeah, Weren't we yeah. all? Um, and, and um, now like, you know, seeing the ways that what I think that uh, representatives are trying to make people believe is like, it's this one issue. And what it really is, is a, a, a web of complicated connections that all lead to this desire to keep control and power in the hands of those who are rich and white and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, already have access to everything they need. Amen. Um, it's, it's connected to this kind of human selfishness that I, I think has now been intertwined with having power. The combination of, of uh, you know, self-desire and, and power is just a very nasty and scary combination. Um, and that is kind of what we're dealing with. It's not, it's not about abortion because like i've at least said several times um on this podcast uh if it were about uh you know potential children if it was about babies which is is what people try to portray it as then there would be more funding for foster care there would be more of a focus on making sure that kids don't go hungry it would be a focus on making sure that kids have access to good schooling and uh, XYZ other things, but that's not what's happening. Um, In it's, instead, there's a focus on, you know, making sure that the people who already um, are profiting off of other people's oppression continue to profit off, profit off of such. Um, and, you know, it's, it, I think that you have to, you know, see, you have to begin to see that web if we're going to truly be able to confront what is happening right now. And absolutely. And I, I think when I hear people try to make the conversation about controlling people's bodies with abortion bans into some kind of generic appeal for, oh, we care so much about the children, I, I, I start having the names just roll through my mind. Like, you know, Micaiah Bryant. Mm-hmm. Andre Hill, mm -hmm. Casey Goodson Jr. I mean, we, we have people in our communities, in our state, locally, who we know their families, who if you really cared about human flourishing and you really cared about everybody's children, you would be doing something about the injustice that has happened to these people that have, have taken so many lives, but you do not care. You do not care about those people because you have an agenda that does not include all humans flourishing. You have an agenda that includes you remaining in power. Mm -hmm. And I, I think what we come back to time and time again is that the people who should be in power are the people who have autonomy over their own body 
And that ought to be everybody. That's why we keep saying abortion is legal in Ohio.com. Go and look and see. Make sure that you know what your options are. Come join us for a self-managed abortion in good faith training to learn about how faith communities can support people um, processing through self-managed abortion. Empower everybody you know to have the authority to make choices over their own body because we all ought to be free. These abortion bans, they are not the future that we desire and they're not what Ohioans want. No. Okay, well, I mean... There you go. There you have it. <laughs> Here end of uh, the sermon. Right? Yes. Um, and I hope that y'all will stick with us as we, you know, keep chugging towards um, the Supreme Court case in December and keep working um, to to make sure that, you know, everybody has access to um, their own agency over their own bodies and um, access to abortion if they so choose. Amen. Amen. Have a good week.